for a minute. What's happening, big man? I'm just um, dealing with yet another Monday night mind blow. Mind blow? Yeah, well, didn't we have the NRL got squished by Greenberg, and now we've got Greenberg fired. So every time, the last three times we've actually spoken on the phone, we had NRL closing down, then NRL announcing they want to come back May 28, and now Greenberg stepping down. So it's every time we organise a call, something happens. We're really influential like that, Carl. That's just what happened when you put the two of us together. Crazy things are happening. <laughs> well, I'm glad. We, should we just kick off the episode with that? <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll just ask the listeners what they want us to do next. Well, let's, if you ask us, tweet in to myself or Big T, let us know what you want to happen next in the world of yeah. rugby league. We'll organise a call and then um, let's see if it happens. Sure, the issue is we try to get... Um, Greenberg on the show. That yeah, was the problem. Yeah, that that did have what ha- he never got back to you. Oh no, he did get back to you. No, he got back to me once saying yeah, let's do it, and then um, but then he never gave me a date. Maybe and that's ne- what killed him. Maybe now's a good time to get Greenberg. He can do a bit of a tell-all. He definitely won't do that with us now. He's gonna, he'll do a book and he'll do he'll sell his <laughs> he sell his stories first. He's not going to talk to us. Why would he? Why would he talk to us, schmucks? Yeah. The other, the other great thing though is um, hopefully, hopefully whoever they get in though is good, and, and that person will want to start talking once they once they get the whole thing running. They're going to want to be doing good news stories, so hopefully we are be able to get someone like that. Who do you think they'll get? Oh, I've got no fucking idea, uh, and I don't even know who half these people are. There's one person I know that they've brought up who's the CEO of. New South Wales Rugby League, I recognise his name, but everyone else's names, I've got no idea who the hell they are. I just uh, hear things like Phil Gould and Wayne Bennett, which I think is probably ridiculous. I think that's people speculating, I mean, speculating on how they think the world works, but there's no way Gus Gould goes and does that. There's no way he'd want to. He'd get so much criticism. It's much easier to, to complain than it is to actually do it, so there's no way he'll ever go and do it. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know who it's going to be, but, um, you know... Maybe maybe Big T will get the call up. Mate, I would do it. I'd do it for free. It's Gus, so he said. I know you would. The nicest man on Twitter, the sexiest voice yeah. on podcast, Big T, and maybe the yeah. uh, the greatest <laughs> NRL CEO of all time, potentially, if yeah. you had a chance. If I had a chance. So I'm trying to work out how I'm going to get my Order of Australia through services to rugby league, so being the CEO could... It's one pretty big step. Weren't you going to get it by somehow getting me to give Benji Marshall... The Golden Boot this year wasn't that going to be your way? Uh, Benito, I should call no. him. I'm going to call him Benito Marcelli tonight because of our guests on the show. Oh, you'll know what that means soon. <laughs> Benito Marcelli, it's his Italian okay. name. Yeah, <laughs> let's um, I like it's, that. it's it's going to be a big one. Let's just open the show. Of course, I'm Carbs, and with me, Big T. This is episode sixty. Is it sixty of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast? And, uh, it must be close to that, yeah. I think it's 60. If it's not, apologies. But uh, I don't know if Mercho can edit that out. It doesn't matter. But uh, Chasing Kangaroos, I had a good chat a couple of nights ago, which is going to be, it's a little bit, this episode's a bit different. So we're going to actually start with our, well, you explain mm. it to you. You're better explaining this stuff than I am. Go for it. It was your ex- idea. Ex- explain it. So what we're going to try and do is have a bit of a reflection. This actually might be episode 59. Is it 59? Yeah, I may have just looked it up for you because I'm also a, that's the kind of sidekick I am. I'm a producer and a, um, How good are you? And a, and a sexy voice. Uh, so episode 59 <laughs> is going to be you, Cubs. You've already spoken to your mate. Um, and we're going to have a quick I want you to pronounce his name. Hate. I want you to pronounce his name. His name, well, let me just scroll down to it because you wrote to me. It's not Benicio del Toro. What was the one you just Benicio said? Benicio del Toro. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. It's uh, G- no, it's not Giallo Cellerino. That's pretty close, Ben. Gialli Cellerino. Let me have another go. Yep, Because you've got to try and do them a few times because they're all vowels. Giallo no, Cellerino. It's a good, good attempt, Ben. Gialli Cellerino. Now I'm, oh, now I'm Gialli. But Gialli would be, I think the English version would be Joel. 
Ah. There's no um, there's no J's in the Italian alphabet. It's all G's. D'accordo. Gioli. But he's a champion. That was a great chat. And um, yeah, so yeah, what are we doing? We're reflecting on the the chat. So I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm almost going to interview about the chat just so we can get a quick vibe, just so people get tantalizingly teased before we actually head in. Very cool. Um, So they're not coming in cold. So what do you think was the best thing that you took out of Old Mate? There was quite a few things there, and like I'll just explain quickly who Jolie is for anyone that doesn't know. He's probably, probably the first question I should have asked. Prob- first, first, yeah. first, so who was the guy? There you go. He he <laughs> is probably the most experienced Italian-born rugby league player in the world right now, if not ever. Um, and he's played twenty-two games for Italy, which included Oofed. included the World Cup squad in two thousand thirteen, two thousand seventeen. He played in what I think is the greatest upset in international rugby league history, which he and I touch on um, during our discussion. But the big the big thing that came out of our chat for me was so his his career, his club career. He started mm. off at the Coventry Bears in League One in England, moved to the Newcastle Thunder in League One in England. Then he came across to the Tully Tigers, who are in the Cairns District Rugby League in Queensland, then moved to the Queen Bien Blues in the ACT with his good mate and Italian teammate Terry Campisi. Then he moved back home to Italy, played for the Saluzzo Northwest Roosters, who were playing in the French uh, Northwest Second Division back, at, back in that day. Then played that se- the, the end of that season for the West Wales Raiders in Wales in League One, and he's wow. cu- and he's currently playing with the Palau Broncos. Or when I say currently in lockdown at the moment, but his current side, yeah. Palau Broncos in the French Elite One. So he played for five. He's played for c- t- clubs in five different countries, which we thought was a world record. Um, yeah, and, so, and I know you asked um, world expert Andrew RLP, and I can't imagine anyone's going to come back from that. He sounds like a walking, talking uh, Mascot Browns advert. It sounds like he would never <laughs> need to buy a shirt because he just has so many jerseys. He should be he providing just... shirts for Mascot Browns <laughs> because he's got all yeah. of them. But, um, the supplier. Yeah, but and we'll get we've got I got some exciting news about Mascot Browns, which we'll get to in a sec. But yeah, we I did know you do. we did ask Andrew RLP. He said, I don't think that that can be beaten um, because cause I thought if anyone would know, Andrew would be the man to answer that question. And you've got some exa- exciting exactly news about why, him soon. Yep. Yeah, it's exactly why we went to Andrew RLP to ask him all things historical knowledge on the Rugby World Cup, the, the Rugby League World Cup, I should say, which, uh, and he and I did a fantastic chat the other day about the first one and, and, uh, how the World Cup's changed and, and things that he loved about the first one. And, and he ends up telling the most incredible story, which tied beautifully into your French episode you just did. He's a massive France um, rugby league fan. Yeah. And he and he, he gives such great explanations as to why um, everyone should be a French rugby league fan. And, amazingly, he's, he also told me the greatest um, Australian rugby league player of all time. I'm at the risk of sounding like Fox, uh, Fox League's Fox League. It's not Clive Churchill and it's not <laughs> Daily John. Messenger. Is it Andrew Johns? Yeah. No. It's a person <laughs> I didn't know. I went, and, yeah. I went and looked them up afterwards and they like he's... Andrew's always on point with his historical stuff and this and the person he talks about was just um, next level. So uh, he, he's great like that and I'm really glad that we went to him to ask about if anyone's ever played more um, games than that because he loves questions like that. He likes being tested to know uh, Weird, weird facts like that. And he'll now remember that forever and tell people about your um, Italian Joel forever. Well, I feel like he, yeah, I feel like he, he, his answer was he wasn't sure. He didn't think so. It was, it was very impressive. And we actually got a couple of other, other, other answers to the question. No one has beaten five. So if anyone's out there mm. that knows of a player that has played for more than, so played for clubs in more than five nations, let us know on social media, but Brad Walter from NRL.com, he responded. He said Mark Offerdoll, mm-hmm. who's a USA heritage player, Australian-born yeah. USA player. He's played for five, so he's played for Carcassonne in France. He's played in England for London Broncos, Oxford and Sheffield. Played in Wales for the North Wales Crusaders. Uh, he's played for the Connecticut Wildcats in the USA, and he's currently playing for the Gundawindi Bears in Queensland. So that's five. Unbelievable. That's, that's equal. Um, and you Yeah, know, Okay. I don't know if you know, but you wouldn't know about this one, but Ronnie Palumbo uh, messaged me today on (laughs) Ronnie Palumbo. uh, Mm. He actually has played in the Italian. He's an Italian heritage player. He's played with Jolie before, so there's a bit of bit of competition there. He's played for, and he's Australian-born Italian heritage player with a name like Palumbo. Awesome name. 
Um, Palumbu. His Palumbu has played for, he's played in the New South Wales Cup for Manly, the West Magpies, and Blacktown Sea Eagles as well. Then he moved over to France. He's played for the Toulouse Olympic. He's played for West Wales Raiders as well. Um, He's played in England for Dewsbury uh, and London Scholars. And he's played in the USA for Boston 13. So he's played for five clubs in five nations as well. So five, five seems to be the magic number. So if anyone has six... Let us know, and we'll make a it T-shirt be that with your face hard, on it. Hard, Sam. Go <laughs> and have a go and have. Once this whole thing blows over, go over to Jamaica. Get up a Jamaican team. There's your six. Bang. There's. Well, no, Russia's just about to come back online. Go and have a you know at a beautiful time in Russia to um. Because that's another. Yeah, that, that'd be easy to do. Or go Get play. It done. Go now play, that you know you'll be a history maker. Go play in the Netherlands for our friends over there in Dutch rugby league. Yeah, there we go. There's, there's got to be a few, but like five seems to be the record. We've got Jolie, we've got Mark Offaldor, and we've got Ronnie Palumbo. So if there's anyone else, let us know. If there's anyone who's done more, I doubt it, but try and do it. That would be awesome. Other than him being moving around and having that slide, that seems to have really impressed you. Is there something else that really impressed you, though, about, um, about you, mate? Man, there's a lot of little snippets. So he told me about, you know, the first – like the first time he took up the ball against England and Sam Burgess smashed him. He told me oh, about sure. he told me about um, how he felt being selected as the only uh, Italian-born player in that 2013 World Cup squad, which surprised me. He's the, the the honesty in his answer surprised me. So you'll hear about that. Wow. Um, but for me, that's a, that's the squad with Tedesco in it, right? So yeah. So he's played with Minicello, the Minicello brothers, Tedesco. He's played yeah. with Paul Vaughan. All yeah. those guys. Um, he's played yeah. with some stars, which is pretty cool. Um, the biggest thing for me, however, was he spoke a lot about what's going on in Italy. Um, and I, I sort of am starting to understand more of the struggles that they have over there in their in mm-hmm. their local competitions. He didn't talk much about how he would fix it or what he would do, but I think our listeners, the more they piece things together, the more they'll start to get their own ideas. I certainly have as well as to how we can maybe help grow the game over there. And it's just another piece to the puzzle. If you sort of listen to this and then go back all the way to episode 16 to my chat with Orazio Daro, there's, they're probably like complimentary kind of episodes. So it'd right. be good to rewind back and have a listen to that one. But I had a great chat, man. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I won't lie, Italian background, so it meant a lot to me. <laughs> but um, yeah, I hope you like it too, man. And I hope what you listen to it. If Celarino was on the phone now, though, is there something that you're thinking back now that you'd want to ask him now that the thing's finished? Is there a question you wish you'd ask him? I wish. Or want to now ask him? Oh, I, I didn't. Um, I don't. I, I don't know if there's a question I would want to ask him, but I wish I rehearsed a few questions in. Ita- I wish I asked him a question in Italian that uh, he could answer, and only our Italian listeners, because we've got a few, uh, would understand it, and that would be kind of a cool little thing, and then we could explain it one day, but. I don't know. Just on, That's a great idea, like for the future. Maybe I'll do it again. We could have also done that with your French blog the other day. We could have done that. I'd we have just, to. I'd have to learn yeah. all the languages, but you know, why not? No, we Google Translate. <laughs> I did the other day when we did that Russian episode. Yeah, I was you did. saying welcome in Russian. Yeah. We can. This is easy to do. The internet will fix all of our problems. But we we had a chat beforehand because he asked me, "Look, how much Italian do I understand?" And I said, "Look, I understand Calabresi dialect a little bit." which yeah. he doesn't understand because it's so different to proper Italian and no one really speaks Calabresi anymore. So, anyway, that's a boring yeah. story. What else have we got, man? <laughs> no, well, I was interested in it because I live in a household that all Palo Calabrese and I'm constantly learning words or phrases and then finding out later that nobody else says it's just my father in law um, Okay, well, that was great. I can't wait to – can you shut up until we can go and listen to it? We can. Let's talk about a couple more things, actually, if, if that's okay mm-hmm. with you. Sorry. sorry okay, but, uh, you've got to talk about – we do have – you've got a giveaway for Mascord Browns. Is that one thing that we should talk about before I listen to Italy? Yeah, we do. So, Mascord Browns have got a giveaway. So, we're talking Nicaragua Rugby League. Wow. Um, their first ever rugby league jersey. It's got the Chasing Kangaroos logo on the sleeves, and Oof. we're giving it away. Mascord Browns are giving it away via Chasing Kangaroos. Um, what you have to do – or not you, Big T, but what our listeners have to do is ask uh-huh. us a question via social media. So whatever channel you're on, whether it's Twitter. Hold on, that's it. You just need to ask us a question. Well, ask us a question, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Use the hashtag AskMascordBrowns. That's with a Z, Mascord, Ask Mascord Browns. And yeah. Steve Mascord and Phil Brown will select their favorite question. 
next week, either we or maybe they will come on the show and answer Ooh. it. And which whoever's question they answer wins the Nicaragua jersey. I feel like we're doing all the work. So hold on, they just all you need to do is listen right now. Want the jersey? So that's really easy to do. Want the jersey? Ask a question on ask a question on social media. That's good. Yeah. I mean that's mildly challenging. Yep. But then we have to do the answer. It'll get the other people to come in and answer it. And I can't win this jersey. This sounds like the easiest competition ever. I reckon it's cool. Well, only one person can win it though. And look, they have to. Let's make it a little bit harder. They have to like our page and Mascord Brown's page on whatever social media channel they're asking the question on, which they probably do Carbonara, already. If you, listen, yeah, if you listen to this podcast, you already <laughs> do. We've set up the easiest competition in the world. I can't wait to, to see the questions that come in because it sounds like, well, I mean, I, I guess you're going to have to come up with something interesting or creative to get out because there is only one. I'll give you that. And also, I love, just quietly, we don't have golden points, so we can't stumble over names, but you still found a way to stumble over Nicaragua. Nicaragua. So, um, yeah, actually, <laughs> let's, let's, have a go- let's have a golden point about Nicaragua because we haven't had golden oh. point in a while. But uh, I am hearing that the Nicaragua rugby... Golden point to Nicaragua. Do it right, please. Well, the golden point Nicaragua, the Nicaraguan rugby league, are a couple of signatures away from earning government recognition which will get them Oof. a step closer to um, International Rugby League affiliate membership, which is really cool. They're, they're moving very quickly. So that's our golden point. All about Nicaragua. And imagine, if you, and imagine if you won a jersey, like around the same time that they became, that their sport became officialized. You'd remember that forever. You would. How cool would it be? That would, uh, you'd be living a golden point. Yeah. So th- um, thank you, Mascot Browns. And don't forget mascotbrowns.com, mascotbrowns.com.au, 2020 vision for 10% off all your jerseys. You, talk, you talked about your mate uh, or anyone who wanted to try and beat five teams going to the Netherlands. Yeah. Um, do we have any golden points about Netherlands, by <laughs> We do. I was going to make this a teaser, but we might as well just say okay. it. We might as well just say it. We've, well, we've, we can edit it out. Have you written here? You have written teaser, but I didn't know that that's what you meant. That wasn't supposed to say everything. We're going to say it. It's got, if you're listening yeah. to this, the moment that it I've drops. I've been wondering this for so long anyway. We should be golden pointing how great I am. Golden point. Slip up to golden point. Big T is a champion. But um, guys, <laughs> guys, you will remember a few weeks ago, we mentioned that um, a few Chasing Kangaroos listeners had pulled some dollars together. And mm-hmm. on behalf of the listeners, we are sponsoring a international rugby league developing nation. Uh Spoiler alert! You're gonna if you're listening to this as soon as the episode <laughs> drops, you're gonna know before it's announced. Uh, Netherlands, we're, we're sponsoring the Netherlands, which is fucking cool, man. Um, so I can't believe that. Yeah. that's insane. That's probably the. It could easily be the biggest golden point we've ever done. I reckon it's pretty huge. So twenty, it's a two-year deal. Um, because of everything that's going on around the world at the moment, so much to look forward to. We've got some awesome guests coming up. Uh, in the next few weeks. So you've already mentioned Andrew RLP, Andrew Ferguson, yep. the original Rugby World Cup. And we can say it's the original Rugby World Cup because we did it before Union. So I, I reckon we, oh, we, look at yeah, I reckon we that. keep that. But I can't wait to hear that. Like I love when you record episodes without me because I can be a fan for that week and it's, and it's freaking <laughs> mad. So we're going to do that. Um, I'm having a chat soon with uh, Irish International and Canberra Raider Ronan Michael, who mm. can't wait to have that chat. He came across to Canberra this year, um, is currently back home in Ireland. Um, not sure what's going to happen with that Raiders contract. I'll find out soon, and, and so will you guys. Um, and there's another chat that I'm really looking forward to that I think we should yes. allowed to spoil. Everyone on who well, listens- I've already spo- I'm spoiling everything else here. We're going to do this one too. Well, we're going to be speaking to the man, the legend, the Wolfpack, the Wolfpack, he's back at the Wolfpack, and he's one of our favourites on the show here, Quinn Nawadi. He's going to be on the show. Yeah. So, Can uh, you believe it? If you told me after episode one that he would be on the show, I reckon it's so cool, and he's uh, he's excited. I've told him he's a bit of a cult hero on our po- yeah. <laughs> amongst our podcast, listen- podcast listeners. He doesn't really believe me, but uh, yeah, it's going to be something special. Can't wait to speak to Quinn uh, very soon, and we'll have that episode live in a couple of weeks. He seems like such a nice bloke from the um, social medias I've seen um, with the two of you. He looks like such a nice guy, and and the fact that he's okay with you signing off like that, and then and you know how, what we want to do with the episode with him, and he's just around everything. What, what a what a great bloke! I think all Canadians are nice people. I'm yet to meet a, a Canadian that's not nice. So yeah, right. Kunawadi coming up. Um, there's also another episode I'm working on which could come out next week if it comes to fruition. 
Can't say I'm who it is yet. Yeah. Yeah, Can't yeah. say who it this is, is yet. If we get it, it's pretty big and it will happen next week. So not sure the order of these next few episodes, guys, but that's mm. what's coming up. We've got so much more in store. It's it's the one positive of everyone being in lockdown is they have a lot of time to uh, be interviewed by us. So <laughs> we've, got <laughs> some, right. we've got some great content coming up. And uh, yeah, Big T, anything else you want to say before we jump to this Jolie Chilerino interview? Um... No, uh, piacere, avanti. <laughs> Grazie, ciao. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another interview here for Chasing Kangaroos. I have a very special guest uh, on the line with me today. He's currently in France, but born in Italy. Gialli Celerino, ciao, come stai? Ciao, ciao a tutti. Grazie, molto bene. Charlie, <laughs> molto I, hope bene. I hope your English is better than my Italian. Um, I'm sure you lived here for a couple of years, so I'm sure you've you've got a good grasp of English. Uh, yeah, a few few years I spent few years in Australia, in North Queensland, and uh, in Canberra, and a few in the UK. So I wish uh, it's good enough my English I think <laughs> for per- today. Perfect for today, man. Perfect. Um, okay. I want to ask you. You know, you don't hear many. Italian accents or Italian-born players playing rugby league. So the first question I want to know or what I want to ask is, how did you discover our game? Yeah, um, so pretty much uh, every Italian rugby player um, is, is playing um, in a rugby union, obviously. And um, with Federation of Rugby League in Italy, which is a um, very young federation, um, in, uh, during the summer we pretend and we try to organize uh, like a um, domestic competition of rugby league. Yeah. Obviously, every summer they enjoy uh, only rugby union players. But, um, after this experience in that summer, I, I understood it could be in a, a good experience for me. And I just threw myself in this, uh, in this new sport and just try uh, have fun and nothing and <laughs> just uh, continue continue my my journey and now is uh, almost six years uh, I'm playing rugby league. So so you preferred rugby league to rugby union or you were just you uh, were be- you were better absolutely. at it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I prefer because I'm think <clears throat> also for Italy would be uh, better if uh, rugby league. Uh, um, would have um, more exposition um, yeah. because it's uh, easier to pick up from the people, especially if it's a country where there's no uh, big tradition about rugby. And I think uh, rugby league could be great in Italy if uh, only would have more uh, visibility. Yeah, if we have some more exposure, I agree with you. Yeah, what, what, what part exactly. of Italy are you from? Are you from the north? Um, from Asti, which is a um, uh, town 30 kilometers away from uh, Turin. Was uh, Juventus play beautiful and uh, <laughs> and uh, not for me. I'm I'm touring supporter <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and nothing uh, northwest of Italy. So we can say pretty close to the border with with the France. So that's where you started your career, Northwest Roosters in Saluzzo. Um, no, I, I didn't. Oh, you didn't. Where I did didn't. You, where did you start? No. Nah. Um, I try an experience in the uh, UK as a first experience in uh, for Coventry, and then uh, moved on uh, in another clubs. But I I uh, reached Salutes only one years ago uh, after my Australian experience uh, because it was a special moment for my family. It's been a we can say hard moment, so I decide uh, I feel the desire to enjoy my family for a while. And this is why I came back to, because Saluto uh, was starting this uh, new uh, exciting um, experience, and then uh, they asked me to play in coaching. You know, and I was keen to try this new experience, and then I enjoyed them. That's incredible. So you started your rugby league career in at Coventry in League One. How did how did that come about? How did they find you? Um, I actually didn't start my journey with the, in League One with them because uh, it was the year where I switched from Union to League and it's been absolutely very hard because uh, I was prepared and training all my career, all my life to you know, play rugby union at a good level and switch uh, in a uh, like, pretty good level as League One. 
it, it's been absolutely hard because you've got to change all your mentality about the fans, obviously, and all yeah. the rules. And it's been very hard. So I experienced it for a summer in there. And then uh, I came back home and then um, I, I changed club. But I didn't know even the good uh, in League One this year. Yeah. Um, what was the question again? Sorry, mate. <laughs> oh, how did, they fi- how did you wind up in England? Uh, yeah. How did they find you? So um, when um, during the summer, uh, Federation organized a um, competition, a domestic competition, obviously, uh, we used to call um, some coaches from the UK. Yep. And uh, so they got this contact from a UK guy and uh, he finally this contact in League One for me and for another few guys uh, would like to try this experience in UK. That's incredible. And did you know much yeah. about like Super League or did you know about the NRL at that point? No, at that point, absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, I, yeah, uh, when I've been picked up from, uh, from the World Cup in 2013, the warm-up match we play against England and I realized only <laughs> uh, while time after Leira who actually I played against, uh, against this, this day <laughs> well. because they were like the best of uh, English style, like a name like uh, Kevin Singfield, uh, James Peacock, uh, Barge's family. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, absolutely crazy. So when you joined that, because in that 2013 World Cup squad for, for Italy, you were the only Italian-born player in that team. How did you feel entering that squad around players like, you know, Minicello and Tedesco was yeah. there, I believe, as well. H- how did that feel? Or did you not even know who these guys were? It was, um, we can say, almost um, <laughs> more than a strange situation. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I, I were there uh, mainly for uh, political, obviously. I'm not afraid to <laughs> declare that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, um, for political uh, cult, we can say like that. And uh, but this experience is what actually made me fell in love for uh, this sport because uh, uh, experience this bo- this camp with uh, with this kind of player with this kind of champions give me the desire to try reach my best possible I could reach try to to get. So living with this guy, I see how the training how is their mentality during the training, during the yep. uh, the life. And it, it's been very, how you can say in English, um, is like great, <laughs> great. And just give me the, the strength to move on uh, on this journey. So it gave you kind of a goal, like a, a, a standard. Yeah, to, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and inspirational, I can say inspirational. Yeah, it's been very inspirational. Yeah. Um, and you didn't get to play in that World Cup. You were part of the squad, but you did play in a trial yes. match, I believe, beforehand yes. against England, which yes. I think will go down as one of the biggest upsets in, in International Rugby League history when Italy beat England 15-14. What can you Mate, tell me about this like, game? Oh, like I remember every second. Every second we were... Uh, I remember where I was standing uh, in the tunnel. Uh, behind Perry Campisi, no, no, sorry, no, there wasn't Campisi in there. It was uh, Minicello Brothers, Jane uh, Tedesco, Aidan Guerra, Anthony Lafranchi. Uh, like, man, incredible side. And next to me, there was the Sun Bargins, uh, all these kind of players. And I remember I played the second half, and I remember the first carry just get this ball, not even watch who were in front of me, just carry as strong as I can. And like Sam Barges tackled me and he has absolutely smashed me. Oh, I remember man. I was uh, jogging around for the field, absolutely no, <laughs> no clue about what's going on in there. Absolutely smashed. But we made it. And like uh, five minutes to the end of the match, uh, Josh Mantellaro, kick this uh, drop goal uh, and we won. <laughs> and That's incredible. It was absolutely crazy. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that. Not many people can say they uh, live to to go up against Sam Burgess and, and tell the tale. If you didn't know who he was before then, you would know who he was after that. That's for sure. But uh, what an incredible game. Like that would have been 
so great to be a part of and and just uh, like you said amazing for you and that whole squad and like I said, I think it would go down in history. I, I can't recall a bigger upset in an international game than that, and it certainly rocked the English side leading into that World Cup. Afterwards, you you were back in England, and I think you played for so you played for Coventry and you played for Newcastle Thunder. Is that right? Yeah, it's correct. Yes. How, how did you find the transition? Did you have to learn English? Did you what, did you learn more and more? Tell me a little bit about that experience over there in England. Okay. Um... Yeah, well, Newcastle, I, it's been possible uh, thanks to Nick Mantelli, which is a, was a guy um, in, the, in the coach staff, yep. in the staff of the uh, Italy squad for the World Cup. And then uh, I connect up to him and it's been possible to uh, reach uh, Newcastle for this amazing experience uh, with those some guys as well. And... Um, um, yeah, uh, England. Uh, England has been tough. Man. It's been very tough because uh, my English was uh, uh, very scholastic at the moment, yeah. and uh, I had to pick up and learn uh, all these new things. Uh, done a very good uh, standard from them, and it was <laughs> everything was very new, really new, and it's been a big challenge for me. Actually, big, big challenge, but. Is what it is, and I was very, very sure about what I was doing there, and I just keep going, keep going, keep going until I reach a, we can say, good level for play, and nothing, move on. <laughs> like, I, like I said, your your English is much better than my Italian, so that's that's a good start. <laughs> I think so you've, you've done very well. Um, Thanks, man. The, you you moved over to Australia not long after that, so you came across to the Tully Tigers in the Cairns District Rugby League. What was yes. some of your reasoning behind moving over here to play football? I think uh, I, I I use rugby for also have best experience uh, for my life and uh, traveling and having a look around, you know, mate? Yeah. And uh, so I thought if I was playing rugby league, uh, obviously I had to try experience in Australia because it's where obviously rugby league uh, uh, <laughs> the best level and yeah. the best tradition and the best future. And uh, so with the, Federa- the Italian Federation, we to figure out this, uh, this opportunity in uh, the North England, where it's uh, this uh, small, small village, small country, absolutely in love for rugby league, which is a tally where um, there are many Italian natives, uh, many Italian uh, emigrants uh, in the end of the 800 years. Yep. And uh, they were absolutely keen and uh, happy to welcome us for uh, try this experience. And, is how everything starts. That's excellent. Tully's a good club for Italian players. I think there's Michele Occolo and a few players there at the, uh, that have been there in the last couple yeah, of years no. as well. And uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it is crazy because um, Igor, I think, is uh, probably 2,000 uh, people village and uh, create uh, such a big, uh, big player and big names. Uh, uh, for NRL, like uh, Tom Flagger, uh, the Broncos, Disman uh, uh, Broncos, uh, younger prop, you know him? Yeah, yeah. Flaggy. And uh, Jake Clifford as well, the, the, the house for uh, new New Cleveland Cowboys. Some... And uh, they, all, they are all born in, uh, in Italy. And, uh, they're doing excellent work in, uh, in the academy and, uh, with the young guys and they're very great, very brilliant, very brilliant people. Yeah, that's beautiful, and some of the some of the best players come from these small Queensland towns. It's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so you were you were in Queensland for that 2017 World Cup, which was good because Italy's pool was based in in North Queensland, I believe. What do you remember from that World Cup? You got a little bit more game time that year. How was that? Do you think you were just a, you know there for? Um, for political reasons then or did you think you truly earned your spot by 2017 no i think 2017 was uh was my year uh yeah <laughs> i was very very keen and ready but um 
I supposed to play against USA, but then I, I didn't play because um, I think uh, better play player uh, were there and probably they deserve more than me and yep. this, this not happening, but I just look forward and still working and keep working. Probably the next uh, chance will be <laughs> the good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And um, well, you you after that you moved over to actually. I wanted to ask you who was out of that Italian squad, so two thousand seventeen, and even go back to two thousand thirteen. But who was like the player that you enjoyed playing with or learnt the most from from that Italian squad? Right. Um, I think um, there is a there were many many many. Uh, legends from NRL like uh, James Tedesco and uh, Paul Vaughan and yeah. Campo, Terry Campesi and uh, Joseph Mantellaro played many, many, many matches for um, Super League in England and uh, obviously Teddy is an um, example for everyone because uh, he's a big legend Yeah, and I, I very enjoy as well um, Bonnie, because he's uh, an excellent guy. He's always smiling about everything, makes fun <laughs> yeah. of everything. Yeah. He's, you know, the man of the the changing room, the lockers room, and I love him. We we all love them. And they are very humble as well, and that's it. Paul Vaughan must have been great because uh, obviously Teddy's, you know, one of the best players in the world. But Paul Vaughan played in the forwards, which is your position, and you yeah, mu- exactly. he must have really led the way for you. But Terry Campisi, so I believe you went and played in Queen Bay and in, in Canberra, which was his club, the Queen Bay and Blues. Yes. Was he the reason you went across to Canberra after yes, your time? Yes, because of him. Absolutely, yes, yes, yes. I said uh, I was uh, looking for a new experience uh, in Australia and he came up with this uh, uh, purpose and uh, with this offer and uh, he told me if you want to enjoy Queen Bay with that, with me, before and whatever that. And he said, why not? <laughs> just, just try and that would things going. That's when. fantastic. Do you have a favourite yeah. NRL team from your time when you were living over here? Um, I could say as my first uh, place where I've been in Australia is been Tali, I would say Northern Front Cowboys, probably. Yeah. Um, because there's a big passion over there about this club and, you know, I love it. <laughs> I just love it, love it. That's good. And around about that time, they were doing very well. So it would have been a good team, good team to support. Uh, you, you've sort of touched on this already, but you moved back to, to Italy and you ended up playing a few games for the Saluzzo Roosters over there. Yeah. And you ended up playing for the West Wales Raiders. Tell me a little bit about why you moved back home and, and how you found yourself at um, for that Raiders side. So the, the season in Australia with Premium Roos was uh, getting the end. And um, also, my visa, working holiday visa, was uh, almost uh, expired. Yeah. So, um, and uh, I felt the desire to uh, reach my family because, uh, as I said, uh, it's been a, like a, you know some normal family problem where it happens to everyone. Yeah. And I felt the desire to reach them and stay with them for a while because yeah. it was a. Uh, a few times I've been uh, away and um, this uh, opportunity with Saluto came up and was absolutely something of new for me because I never uh, tried the experience as a coach and um, playing and coach and try the French uh, experience as well. Uh, so I enjoyed them and uh, it's been very, very uh, constructive for me because yep. um you know, teaching, uh, I think teaching is one of the best way to learn up uh, something uh, new and I very enjoyed that, even if the level was uh, very low. And, but I'm happy because um, we, I think we did something so very great and uh, historical for rugby league in Italy. Yeah, definitely. Well, Saluzzo were the first Italian club to win on French soil and you know, the fact that you were yeah. coaching there as well, you obviously, you, you're obviously probably the most experienced Italian-born player who plays at the moment. So that's, you know, that yeah, would have been Yeah, at the moment the we can say yes. At <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, <laughs> the moment we can say yes. And I believe West Wales, so they had a a partnership with Saluzzo at the time. Is that why you moved over to, 
to Wales for that season? No, I, I, I create this partnership. Because, oh, you did um, it. Tell me about that. Yeah, I, I did it. So um, pretty much the, the season with Saluzzo was, was getting to the end as well. Yeah. And uh, in League One, uh, in around May is pretty much uh, the start of the season. And I was looking forward to moving somewhere where I could play in League One because I think it's a good it's a good level and was what I was looking for. Yep. And I found out uh, this club with uh, an absolutely unbelievable coach, with, which is uh, it's Kim, Kim Williams William. at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. Kim Williams. And now he's a um, head coach for uh, the academy of the uh, Giants. Yep. And uh, just so I understand how good is it, how how is he good? <laughs> How is he good? And uh, I spoke with him and I thought it could be interesting for a couple of us if uh, uh, there could be the chance for a couple, you know, Italian player maybe to have some training, some weeks uh, training with a League One uh, club. And because, you know, maybe uh, some talent can up, it could be interesting for both of us. And so we started the partnership, and then Kim is also came in Saluto for a, for a week, uh, coaching us, and it's been absolutely fun and great. That would have been sensational. Is, is that relationship still existing? I know Saluzzo have sort of um, moved back to rugby union in, recently. Exactly. With a, they want to play rugby league exactly. again, but is that is there much going on between the two clubs? Uh, we can say we had a setback for the moment because you know I'm. I I quit this uh, I quit this uh, situation uh, so we need to be there and uh, so salute to lead with rugby league so for the moment uh, we can say the situation is a bit stuck but yep. if there will be chance for the future we will be happy to enjoy again the situation that would be sensational and that year yeah. with um, West Wales they not, not a club that wins a lot of matches anyone that follows the Raiders they know that they're usually at the bottom of League One but I think you guys won yeah. your first game in a while while you were there is that right? <laughs> yeah tell, uh, tell me about that it must have been like club. winning a grand final yeah so pretty much this club is a very young club in, uh, in League One yep. and uh, obviously um, we were many a strange player and um, and yeah we won uh, against Coventry and uh, it's been a crazy match and we very very enjoyed this, this match because it came after a lot of work and uh, yeah. yeah and we play also with many Welsh uh, guys uh, which is a which is a very good achievement for uh, all of us that's incredible and now on to this season where you move to yet another club, another country. You've gotten to play rugby league all over the world. Like it's an incredible story. But you started the season yeah. this year in the French Elite One for the Palau Broncos. Um, yes. How, how did how did that come about, and how did you find Elite One in standard compared to League One? Okay, um, so this experience start because, um, as I said, I I love traveling around and to as many places different as possible. And uh, uh, I thought I always had the desire to try learn the French. And uh, I found uh, with some, some guys found, give me this name about these guys, uh, um, which is uh, actually my manager right now. And um, when we play in Italy with the Italian side uh, against uh, Spain, there was a guy uh, called uh, Alex Luthor, which is uh, my teammate right now. And yep. I said, uh, I was keen to try this experience in French and just give me the contact and say, no, just, just call him, call him, call him, and we can try to sort of something. And nothing. I <laughs> just leave uh, Italy for France and... I'm very enjoying France and the weather and everything better than UK 100%. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, about the level, uh, I think uh, Elite One is not the same level of uh, League One, uh, yep. especially for the top uh, teams uh, of every competition. Uh, League One has something small. But here is a good environment. Everyone is very focused on the, on the job to do. And uh, salary is not bad at all. 
as well. That's good. And so I can say we very I very enjoyed this, this season as well. Uh, but then uh, <laughs> all this has happened. So yeah, well, we are. <laughs> of course, we're all stuck at home now. And you you mentioned you're stuck yeah. in um. Or before before we hit record, you mentioned you were stuck in France and heading home to Italy <laughs> soon. The season, yeah, I the, wish. <laughs> uh, the season is um is over for French for the French Elite One. They announced that a couple of weeks or last week, I believe, that the that Correct. season twenty twenty would be a white season, which means Correct. there will be no champion. So, what does yeah. this mean for you? Are you sticking around for season twenty twenty one, or are you moving on again? Um, I think uh, it's very early. Uh, in this situation for talk about sport because uh, yeah. unlucky it's not possible to make plans uh, about anything uh, especially for sport so in this moment all what I can do is give uh, myself fit and keep training keep work and wish the best uh, chance will come to me as soon as possible <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and uh, get ready for this big uh, event will be we wish in, uh, in October uh, will be like a European Cup, a uh, new kind of uh, competition for uh, the national European squads. Well, the European Cup, I am hoping that it can go ahead this year. It's going to be great. And for yeah, you, Italy's in, Italy's in the top group, so it's going to be tough yeah. for you guys, but I think it's going to be very exciting as well. Absolutely, yes, mate. You've also got the World Cup next year, which this will be your third World Cup if you get selected, and you'd like have to think you like your chances. But what's your ultimate goal? Are you just thinking about this World Cup next year, or what? What is your ultimate goal before you retire? Um, obviously, the World Cup will be probably. I wish if I'm gonna play in the good my uh, we can say top moment for my career and use why I'm wake up every morning and training for four and that's my biggest goal. Obviously, um, around that, I wish to, um, to reach the uh, best level uh, I can. Maybe I was wondering to try and experience championship in the awesome. second division uh, of, uh, of England and, and nothing. I, I feel almost ready for, for this and all, then uh, all this, uh, this happens. But, as you say in Australia, is what it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> You've learned Australian pretty going. well. <laughs> um, and you mentioned, um, you sort of mentioned a little bit of coaching while you're at Salutso. Is this something that you see yourself doing once your playing career is over? Do you see yourself coaching a team or moving back to Italy and, and trying to help out, help the sport in Italy? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always, obviously... We'll keep this uh, opportunity um, like um, like something uh, I would like to do. Yeah, but I'm not sure yet about the future. Uh, I'm gonna see how things going, and then I will decide uh, at the good moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that sounds fair. It sounds like you've taken every year as it comes, and you know who knows where you might be next year. You could be playing in a whole other country again. So it's. Just an inc- incredible yeah. career, if you think about it, like England, Australia, Italy, Wales, Wales France. Like, UK. yeah, incredible. Like, I don't think not many players can say they played in that many countries. Put it that way, especially in our five sport. countries. Five okay. countries. I, I think is a world record, probably. I, well, let's look that or, up. Uh, if, Union as well. <laughs> if anyone knows of a player that's played in more countries and please let us know on the social media, but I'm pretty sure you've played in more countries than anyone. Um, And and that, that puts you in a good position to answer my final question because you've obviously played in Italy, you're born in Italy, but you've played in many other countries as well. But what, what is your vision for rugby league in your home country? Where would you like to see it? And how does it get there? This is a very, very big call, my big question. Um, as I said in the beginning of this interview, um, I very believe rugby league could could uh, doing well in Italy. Yeah, but obviously the fight with rugby union is a is a big item as yep. a, every everywhere in the world probably. And uh, but before this fight, we got another fight against uh, ourselves because um, we can say we know 
uh, ready yet for uh, organize a properly competition. Yeah, and um, because we have to give to the rugby union players the um, the proper uh, chance uh, to decide which uh, switch code, and uh, this situation is not yet uh, reality. Yeah. So that's the biggest problem, I think. We obviously need, would need uh, more money because organiz organization is expensive and uh, probably better managers as well. And I don't know yet. But it could be, I could be interested to try helping the movement uh, yep. as soon as I finish uh, playing rugby league on the field. And uh, that could be a chance too. Yeah, I think myself, so. having someone like yourself who's experienced so much and was born there, you're one of them. So I think that makes a lot of yeah, sense. Thanks, do, you, do you think it's the money, like is money the biggest thing that's keeping Union ahead of league over there? Um, not sure. Um, because we got also Australian partners, uh, which they are uh, uh, happy to try help us. But, yeah. you know... Um, we would need someone uh, works full time for the organization uh, of the of the event, uh, of the communication, and the social media yep. communication, and uh, we don't have this kind of stuff yet. Yep. And uh, that's it for the moment. That's it. Uh, we will probably one day, but at the moment, I think the biggest problem is that. Beautiful. Okay. Well, that's that's really interesting, man, and I hope. Um, as a like I mentioned to you before we started, my grandparents were, were Italian, or I'm Italian Australian, so it's a it's a nation that's very close to my heart, and I hope one day rugby league is is popular over there. Maybe not as popular as soccer or Formula One, but you know number three might be okay. Yeah. But um, uh, would be awesome. Would be <laughs> awesome. Even even at the level of rugby union would be would be great. I think. Yeah, and I think it's possible, you know. So let's 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 see how we go. Please, yeah, Charlie. Um, was there anything you wanted to mention before we say bye? Just anyone you wanted to shout out to, or any any special thing, anything that people could look up or support? Uh, no, not much actually. Um, uh, I would say thanks to all the people in this years and this uh, strange career and uh, interesting career. Uh, support me, push me, help me, and give me advice. And there are many people around the world, and I found on my journey very, very good person. People gave me lots of, of uh, good vibes and uh, good tips. And I would like to say uh, thanks to these kind of people. And that's it. <laughs> well, Charlie, grazie, mate, and um, good luck in your in your journey towards championship and the next World Cup. And hopefully, we speak again soon. Quando vuoi, quando vuoi, mate. Grazie. Ci sentiamo presto. Ciao, mate. Ciao, Michael. Ciao. Ciao, ciao, buona giornata. Ciao, grazie.